When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time, courtesy of our friends at Fairway. Iowa State had themselves a weekend last weekend. Uh, they took down Wyoming on Saturday. Uh, what was that score, Ben? 37-7. to And then went on to defeat uh, number four, or I should say, at the time, number three, Arizona State. 19-15. Uh, to Ben, I think we were pretty right on it when we said that winning on Sunday meant they'd be bumped up to number three in the rankings, and that's exactly what happened. So... Um, ben, both of us were there, but I'd love to hear from your perspective, from sitting up in the media table, thoughts, reactions, you know, what were those moments that kind of stuck out for you, uh, from the team? Yeah, I'll start with Wyoming. Um, I liked what I saw pretty much up and down the lineup against Wyoming. Um, there was a lot of bonus points. David Carr got a pin doing Burgesson, uh, got a pin, Actually, David, yeah. Um, and then Marcus Coleman, tech fall, younger Bastida, major decision, Sam Skyler, major decision. So a lot of really good things. Ramazan out of sigh of a pin. Those are the types of things that come March when the Big 12 tournament um, that are really going to help team scores, right? When you're wrestling, quote unquote, a lesser opponent, um, you have to get bonus points. And I think that may have been my biggest criticism of this team up until this point is they won their matches and that's great, but I didn't see the separation all the time. This last weekend against Wyoming, we started seeing that separation. We started seeing bonus points and we really saw them, um, Put it to them, um, just to be frank. And then the matches Iowa State lost were 125. Um, Garrett Ricks of Wyoming got a major decision over Connor Kanopic of Iowa State, who is, I think, Iowa State's fourth string 125-pounder. So that one wasn't too surprising. And then the other match Iowa State lost was uh, number nine, Jacob Wright beat Jason Kreiser 6-4. to four. And that was a match where Jason Kreiser was right there. If he gets a takedown, obviously – uh, you go to Sun Victory and do some things. And Kreiser was one of those guys who we've talked about. He likes to roll around. He likes to do some funky things. If he catches them right, he's going to put up some points. So um, that's one that if they meet at the Big 12 tournament, it'll be a really interesting match once again. I think I do think Jacob Wright is the better wrestler. But Kreiser, like I said, he's one of those guys where if you catch him at the wrong time, he can do something to you. He just, I mean, we talked about it enough last time, so I won't go back into the same ramp. But I asked coach this week, you know, if 157 is at Jason Kreiser's spot now. And he said, he's basically the one who has separated himself just enough to get it. But I, I feel like coaches in that same boat, you know, where you want him to clean up those inconsistencies so that, yeah, you don't watch him 
come out on the bad end, I guess, of those scrambles he gets into. Cause I hope he continues those. Those are entertaining. Um, we don't get that too often of a guy who's just kind of, I mean, as Andy tweeted when he won, or was it at the collegiate duels, uh, cardiac Kreiser, cardiac Kreiser. Yes. Yep. So I lo- definitely would love to keep that around, but yeah, just tighten it up. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, I felt the same way about their win over Wyoming. It's you, you have to come into these matches where you're heavily favored and exact do that. And 37 to seven was that. And as you said, where they lost, it made sense. Unfortunately with struggles at 125 right now with both, uh, Kaisen Terakina and Corey Kabonbon being injured. So, but at 125, I guess good Good segue there against Arizona state, although still a loss, unfortunately. Um, I thought Caleb Feasley, we're going to say is how it's properly pronounced. Um, I thought he great. He gave great effort. And in the post presser coach said that if he had to give a gold star or a shining star, it would be him because of just that, you know, it, he just really threw it out there. And I thought he gave really great effort. And I think Ben, you tweeted, he had grit in that match. Yeah, I believe. Yep. So although it sucks to not have your starter like Kyson in that position, at least it's, I thought it was um, good to be able to see that there's some fight in there. And maybe if you get more matches under your belt or what, maybe we could see some wins come out of that. Um, from what I think is Caleb Feasley spot as of right now, coach said he's who will be competing this weekend against Utah Valley. Yeah. I loved what I saw to Caleb. We're going to say Feasley because that's what coach dresser said. Um, <laughs> I covered him in high school a little bit, a couple times in the state tournament. And I always thought it was Feasley, but coach dresser has been consistent in saying Feasley. So that's something to go with. Uh, but no, I liked what I saw a lot out of him against uh, Richie Figueroa of Arizona State. Richie, if you don't follow wrestling super closely, he was a super highly rated recruit. He's a freshman. I think he's a redshirt freshman. Um, but he's supposed to be one of the guys once Spencer Lee um, relinquishes his throne. So <laughs> Richie's one of those guys who's going to, he's supposed to compete for national titles in the coming years. So Caleb Feasley uh, going seven to five, toe to toe with him. And there was a couple times, I think there was a time in the first period and the third period where, uh, Feasley got in on a leg and couldn't quite finish. And if he, and that's one of those things where if you don't see the mat all the time, um, there's, and you don't see these high level opponents all the time, you don't always know how to finish on them because their defense is just a step up, step above everybody else's. So that's one of those things you have to feel a couple of times. And then once you get it, once it starts to become more natural finishing on those high level guys. So I liked what I saw to Feasley. I'm not saying he's the answer for Iowa State long term, but like yeah. you said, and like I guess like I tweeted, I liked his grit. I like what he showed. Um, that was an impressive loss, I guess. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, I think I mostly liked what I saw out of Iowa State against Arizona State. I th- I had people tweeting at me, and rightly so that even though Iowa state won and won kind of convincingly uh, 19 to 15 was the final score. It almost felt like a loss because there were definitely two and maybe even three matches where it felt like Iowa state should have definitely could have, and maybe even should have won. So um, if we want to go match by match, we can, but Jackie, what was your take on the Arizona state match as a whole? Yeah, I think, 
Honestly, if we would have just had a different lineup, like if they would have switched it to where, let's say this is the exact outcome, but we started the duel at 125 like normal, or I don't know, even just started at 285, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. I think people might have felt a little more excited, but it's just, it's hard to walk out of there happy when you just sat through five back to back losses and it doesn't. Also, it does not help that both Pinero and Casey Swiderski lost in sudden victory. So I think it was just, again, the way it was fed to us, it's just a hard pill to swallow. But, I mean, I still felt good. I was like, wow, Iowa State's about to be ranked number three now. Like, that's immediately the first thing I thought of. And maybe that's the reporter in me. Maybe that's just because that's something I have to, you know, kind of keep track of. Um, but from that point, Presser, I mean, the energy was not quite there. And <laughs> I was just like, this is great. Like you guys just beat Arizona State. And I think, like you said, I felt good about it. Um, I think when hearing what the team has to say about, you know, Pinero and Casey, specifically coach who said, I, I didn't want to say, I told you so, but I told you so that there were going to be some growing pains and, you know, freshman Pinero and freshman Casey were going to come out. Um, I still feel positive about it because I mean, we just constantly hear about how they really separate themselves in the practice room about making sure to go and watch the tape, go and have discussions with their coaches. And both have fully said in interviews that they trust their coaches. They truly buy into what they're saying. So if they lost this match today, to sudden victory. I don't have a doubt in my mind that if you give them a few weeks, they'd come back and they'd probably secure the win in the third period. So I think even where there's bad, like in those losses, I think they're still good. I mean, Sam Schuyler, he just came back from an injury, although, and he only lost three to two. So imagine if he wasn't out with an injury and I mean, yeah, Caleb Feasley, again, a fresh first, not a freshman, first time hitting the mats. He's the starter and he only lost seven to five. <laughs> so, but that's, again, I can be pretty optimistic <laughs> in these uh, situations, but a win is a win. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I agree with you. If, if you start this dual meet at 285 and you get those five losses out of the way, and then you go on and you end the duel of five straight wins, it feels a lot better. But when you start a duel winning 19 to zero after five matches, you kind of want the beat down to continue. And you, you knew it probably wasn't going to happen with Colton Schultz and Sam Schuyler. Colton Schultz started the season ranked number one. He's a Greco world team member. He, he has all these accolades, right? So you knew it was going to be an uphill battle for Schuyler. But again, Schuyler was in deep on a leg in the first period. And he got in relatively deep in the third period too, where if he finishes that takedown, it's a different match. So um, that was really promising to see from Skyler. And then similar message from Wyoming translates over to this one. Iowa State getting bonus points against a team like Arizona State, formerly ranked number three in the country, was huge. Um, David Carr, Tech Fall. Julian Broderson, major decision. Marcus Coleman, 7-2 decision. Younger Bastida, major decision. And we should talk about that Younger Bastida match because old Jonathan <laughs> Fagan was having a rough time. Holy cow. In the first period, it got a little shaky because Younger did get exposed and he was on his back for a little bit. 
But I think uh, old Jonathan Fagan from Arizona State got a little bit wore out trying to keep up with Younger's pace. And I think it was in the third period. Jackie, correct me if I'm wrong. But um, Fagan started uh, dry heaving for sure on the side of the mat and trying not to pass out. You were on the mat, probably pretty close to it. Uh, what'd you see and what'd you hear down there? Yeah. Before I do that, I just do want to comment that when Bastida was got in that, Oh, that made me nervous. Very like, nervous. I was like, is something bad about to happen? I was like, this cannot be the day that this happens to him. Um, so very glad to see him, you know, bring it back, bring it back there. But yeah, I think exactly what you said is exactly what happened. He got, um, what was Jonathan? He was definitely winded, nauseous from trying to keep up with him. I mean, we've heard about Younger's training and his endurance <laughs> and just the way he broke him down. I really fully am surprised they allowed him to sit <laughs> and just hold on to that bucket for as long as they did. <laughs> Um, because it, you could hear fans and I don't want to say that anyone on the bench said it. Cause I can't remember accurately, but people started saying like, this is not a timeout. There's no time here for a timeout. Like why start the match over? And I think he really, it should just be glad that the refs kind of let it be because I really was convinced he was going to puke, but he didn't. And like you said, I mean, younger beat him 23 to 11. I'm surprised he even managed to get 11 points on the board. So, <laughs> well, I think seven of those 11 came in the first period and the other four, I believe were escapes. And I think those four escapes were ones where younger said, Hey, I'm gonna let you go. And I'm going to take you right back down again. <laughs> um, but yeah, like you said, he was creating, he was holding that bucket for dear life. He, he, he was like a college kid on a bad night on a bad Saturday night is what he looked like. Well, so. again, bring, bring us back to how could this duel have ended better for you to feel better about this? Imagine if we just flip flopped it, we went through those five losses sitting there and then you end the day with someone almost puking because they physically can't keep up with younger. You would have felt on top of the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I will bring up as we, you know, move through this lineup, Julian Broderson had himself a weekend. Yes. Best weekend of his career. I think. Yeah. That 22nd pin. I, I got to go Oof. back, but he pinned Hayden Hastings from Wyoming in 22 seconds. And I want to, I think this is what I like about Julian Broderson. And this is just the softy in me when he came into the presser and I just asked him, you know, the, you know, experiencing that and working, you know, his butt off to get to that starting position. And now he finally has it. He said something along the lines of how, like, that's what like you dream of. And it's like a dream come true to be someone who was able to bring Hilton to their feet. And he did that in 22 seconds, which is so impressive. Yeah. I, he had a phenomenal weekend, a pin against Wyoming. Hayden Hastings is not a slouch. Hayden Hastings, um, I believe, uh, was a national qualifier at NCAAs. He always performs relatively well at big 12s and he's not some slouch of a wrestler. He's a pretty good wrestler. Uh, and that pin 22 seconds, like you said, phenomenal. Unfortunately for Hayden Hastings, his shoulder did very much dislocate <laughs> and yeah, that was it painful. looked really gross and as they're setting it back in, you heard multiple pops in succession 
and screams and cries and it didn't sound fun at all but uh really impressive weekend from julian broderson julian broderson also launched um his opponent on sunday against arizona state he launched josh how do you know how to pronounce his last name is it numer numer that's that's how to pronounce it you know, I will always admit if I can't pronounce it instead of completely butchering it. Um, yes, Julian Broderson launched this man at me. Yes, and he did. <laughs> I just uh, I, I just want to say that I'm glad that people are now <laughs> aware of who I am because I had so many texts. I had tweets, <laughs> the forums. That was one of the first things they brought up in the post where I posted my postal stuff. Um Cause right away people were like, was that you? I saw it on TV. <laughs> so I went back and I did watch it. I went back on Monday and I looked up the moment to see just how bad it looked on TV. Didn't look as bad as it actually was to be honest with you. So I'm really glad I didn't get hit at this point. Yeah. Like I've said before, it's one, one of these days it's going to happen, but, and then younger did the same thing. I was just about his... to say, was it back to back matches or was it younger and Julian? I couldn't remember if it was Marcus it was... or younger. It was the second one. Yeah. It was Julian and younger who younger got close, but not close enough. I younger was very close to me. So that was just <laughs> like, that was a moment where I'm like, I don't want to move. This is good. <laughs> like, but then there were moments I'm like, oh, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> Yeah, me and Cody Goodwin up at the media table, we're talking about, oh boy, they're getting closer and closer to her. Hopefully Colton Schultz and Sam Schuyler aren't the ones to finally get her. Oh so my gosh. You we had you uh you you were talked about up up top as well. And <laughs> we were concerned about you. I sent you that text and you responded, Yeah, the heart rate's at one forty right now. So I'm glad we got that back down and under control and no further harm was done. Yes. You and Cody both texted me. So I was like, Oh no, everyone saw that. <laughs> um, and Julian Broderson liked my tweet. <laughs> Where's the apology, <laughs> but no, he had a great weekend and I'm, I was very excited. I, I definitely love to root and see the guy succeed who, you know, works really hard. Coach gave him a lot of praise this week at availability and told us about just all of the training he did during the off season. Um, that he didn't necessarily have to do. Um, he took chance of anything that was thrown at him. So it's, it's awesome to see him earn it. You know, there's just something special about the guys that have to work just a little extra harder. <laughs> and yep. Julian did that and he's seen the payout. So, but I guess in, on the topic, uh, I did ask coach about Julian's upcoming match this weekend against Utah Valley. Uh, he's what a top 10 guy. Yep. Demetrius Romero. I think he's number seven. Okay. I was going to say he's in there. Um, but unfortunately coach said that Julian's a little, little dinged up from some training. So he said Julian's going to be a game time decision, but that they're ready and prepared if they have to put in someone else, which is very unfortunate. Cause I was really looking forward to seeing him have like a tougher opponent and see how he really, you know, matches up. So hopefully he's, Hopefully it's just something minor and come Saturday he can wrestle, but that would really suck. Yeah. I'd love to see that Demetrius Romero match to me. We can talk about Utah Valley here in a second. I do want to get to the matches. Iowa state lost against Arizona state first, but to me that Utah Valley, the Demetrius Romero, Julian Broderson match was the match to watch. Utah Valley is not great. 
So <laughs> that was really probably the only match that's going to be significantly interesting. I mean, obviously David Carr pinning the guy and younger Bastida probably getting a tech fall are going to be entertaining major decision, maybe for younger, but <laughs> in terms of, okay, how's this match going to go? I think 174 is really the only opportunity for that. And 125 as well with Kyson and Corey both out is going to be a close match too, but it's hard to, no offense to Caleb Feasley, it's hard to get up for the third string wrestler sometimes. Um, unless you know <laughs> he's going to wrestle in March. If Caleb Feasley is a guy come March, then we got to get ready for him. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see that Julian Broderson match. But going back to Arizona State real quick and the sudden victory losses from both Casey Swiderski and Panero Johnson, um, I it's it's tough to say what necessarily happened in those matches because Iowa state wrestled the night before against Wyoming, maybe fatigue prior from the day before played a little bit of factor. Um, and also they aren't peaking right now. Right. So wrestlers peak for March, they train the entire season. Sometimes they can overtrain during a week in the season, just so they get themselves tired and so they can blow the blow their lungs out and feel what it really feels like to be tired. And I know coaches, I don't know that Kevin Dresser did this now, but I know coaches do push guys hard during the week, during the regular season, just so they feel tired during a match. And you could kind of see that at 141 with Casey Swiderski and 149 with Panero Johnson. They both didn't quite have the same energy level that we're necessarily accustomed to. Uh, Casey Swiderski might be a thing of, he hadn't wrestled in a while and maybe he just had some mat rust. I know in an interview, he said that he doesn't believe in that, but it is, I think it's a thing. And then <laughs> Panero Johnson, he definitely looked a little bit winded to me. So I'm wondering if it wasn't coach pushing him hard during the week, just so they feel what it's really like to be tired. So when March rolls around there, no, they know how to prepare for it. They know how their body's going to react. Um, and they can push through it a little bit better. And when March does come around, coach isn't going to put them through a gauntlet of a week. Again, I don't know that dresser did that necessarily, but it did kind of look like it um, because both Swiderski and Johnson, they got to their offense a decent amount. And when they did take a committed shot, they got takedowns. It just it was one of those situations where at the end of the match, they just weren't able to get those good committed shots off of good setups. So uh Yeah a disappointing result because they both lost in sudden victory. But I think it's a result for both of them. That's easily reversible. So uh, Panero Johnson, I think just continues to impress. We have to remember Kyle Parko is returning all American. He's ranked number five. He was ranked number five in the country. So this is not, neither one of these are bad losses. Jesse Vasquez, the guy that Casey Swiderski lost to also a top 15 opponent. These aren't bad wrestlers. They're very good wrestlers. So they're not bad losses by any stretch of imagination, but they were matches. I think that very clearly both of them could have won. So on one part, a little bit disappointing. Another part, you know, there's still hope and promise that both of these true freshmen are going to turn it around and do something special come March. Well, and I go back to the point of what a testament to the growth of the program and the health of the program that you can walk out of a duel like where you beat number three Arizona state and you walk out of it saying, okay, we won, but actually here's how we can continue to improve. Um, you know, it definitely is different walking out of a loss and saying, 
crap, this is actually how we have to improve, you know, to you still won. You still have salt. Those upper weight guys are just doing great things. Um, younger Marcus, David, you know, Broderson now is really stepping up and on occasion Kreiser does. Um, so it's, it's a very good thing at least that this program does have, has really filled in some of those holes to come out of this, you know, winning 19 to 15. So yeah, be good. I mean, they, they split matches five and five. And like you said, it's a testament. They got bonus points. Fantastic. But boy, it could have been seven, three with the matches. <laughs> and then it's not hard to imagine that. And I think, like you said, that's a testament to where the program is. And I thought about this on Sunday and even a little bit on Monday. It's like, is this how Penn state and Iowa fans feel like you beat a team relatively convincingly and you still felt like there could have been more. Like I felt like Iowa fans have felt that way a few times against Iowa state um, this year. And then the couple years back when Austin Gomez almost got a pin and um, helped Iowa state nearly beat Iowa. I feel like both those times Iowa fans were feeling, boy, we should have done more in that. And I think that's how we're feeling. I think that's how top teams do feel with uh, Iowa and Penn state. Penn state obviously felt like they could have done more. I mean, we had Carter Storacci saying we peak in March. <laughs> they feel like they could have, could have, and should have done more. And that's how Iowa state fans are currently feeling. Like we just, Iowa state just beat the number three team, but it could have been more. And like you said, it's a, it's a testament to where the state of the program is. And it's, it is a really good place to be. Absolutely. I think we will be able to have this discussion with more support and, you know, the, the fun dramatic quotes you get from the team when they're feeling that way come the weekend, they're hosting the Oklahoma teams. And if they mm -hmm. beat Oklahoma state, there's no way we're not walking out of that. Like here's the big story <laughs> of the growth of this program because yeah, I mean, and yeah, you're right. Think back to the, what was it? 15 to 14 final score of that Iowa duel to three. Gosh, how many years ago? Um, uh, it was whenever Drake played Iowa state in that makeup football game in the worst weather I've ever seen for a football game. <laughs> I was on the sideline. It was absolutely atrocious. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, they absolutely, I'm sure we, I'm sure we could go and pull the receipts and find the postal presser of something along those lines coming from brands about how the, they won, but they have things to take back to the room to study. Like, I, I feel like I can just hear it in my head, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, as someone who's there on the day to day, I'm okay walking out of a win like this with things to critique because in the end they still are able to win. And again, bonus points without bonus points this weekend would not be what it was. And that used, like you said, that used to be a big issue. And Dresser used to say the same thing that he was just waiting for the day his guys would secure those bonus points. And they're finally at a point where it's not just David Carr. <laughs> so, but action continues. Like you said, as we've mentioned, um, Iowa State will be competing against Utah Valley this weekend on Saturday, unfortunately, at 9 p.m. Central Time. Oh, we're too old for that, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just, unfortunately, I'm very curious to see if I make it, um, especially when it's, you know, and to, I would say should win and probably will win and very convincingly. 
Um, I think the weird part of the weekend is that, so Iowa State will wrestle them on Saturday, but on Friday night, you and I is there. And the way these schedules work, Rob and Cody were having this conversation when I got to availability, but like, so you're sending both Iowa teams out there and then just nobody's, they're just not going to compete against each other, which again, that's fine. I'm excited to go to Cedar Falls and have them compete here in the state, but just such a weird road trip. Yeah, to do. it is. <laughs> and like, you can only have as a coach, you can only have so many events uh, on your schedule, but both Oklahoma schools, they wrestle each other twice. So would it, would it really have been that far out there for you and I and Iowa state to wrestle twice this year, once in Utah Valley, just, you know, to have wrestle, but you're both out there. And then once in, uh, Cedar Falls, like they're supposed to, or even, and they might do this, some exhibition matches, I, would say too, some, I think somewhat you'd consider JV matches. Would, <laughs> yeah. would make sense. Um, especially if you were to send a couple guy at a few weights, um, I could see, you know, 157, a guy like Isaac judge also making the trip and wrestling whoever you and I is backup 157 pounder is and get an exhibition match in that way. Um, but yeah, I think the you and I match will tell us a lot. You and I is ranked number 13. Um, they have a very impressive win over Ohio state this year, who at the time was ranked number two, Ohio state's dropped a little bit. I think they're like number six now. Um, so you and I is a salty team. We're going to see, I'm excited to see what they do to Utah Valley because that'll give us a really good indicator for what Iowa state's going to do. Um, like I said, I really, I don't see Iowa state losing more than two matches. Uh, I think 125 is up in the air just because Iowa state is going to be wrestling its third string 125 pounder. And then 174 is the match that I was looking forward to most. Um, I hope, I hope Julian Broderson is able to wrestle if he's not healthy. I understand. Um, I'm would be interested to see who his backup is. I assume it's Joel divine, but last time we saw him, he was wrestling at 184. So uh, I don't know if he's, I assume he'll be able to make the cut because he's been 174 in the past. Um, or if we see MJ Gaetan, uh, true freshman who we saw against Iowa. And that, that was a point that I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about Julian Broderson. What would happen if Iowa State wrestled Julian Broderson against Nelson Brands? Does that dual meet change? <laughs> because I've thought about that. Gaetan unfortunately lost in that Brands as a decision. And if you, if you throw Broderson out there and he wrestles like he did this last weekend, it might change the dual meet. But that's a, that's a hypothetical. That's <laughs> not necessarily important. But I, I have had those thoughts of, oh, boy. Uh, and I'm sure Dresser has too. But what happens with Julian Broderson out there instead? So, yeah, the Utah Valley, their write-up says that the marquee matchup is going to be at 197 between Younger Bastida and a fellow named... Um, where is his name? Evan Bachman, who just entered the rankings at number 24. So he's a ranked wrestler. Uh, I would assume this is going to be a younger Bastida major decision. I would be surprised if it's not, unless Bachman is really, really up and coming. But um, I think that shouldn't be too much of a problem for Bastida. I mean, younger's just so much fun. He, he spoke with the media this week at availability and I have to compliment him. His, the How much his English has just grown and expanded and his time here is just incredible. His interviews continue to get so much better and it's awesome to see him more confident and more comfortable when he's doing these. And 
he's confident. <laughs> he can tell you that much. Um, yeah, he's looking great, continues to be entertaining. I just, I think that's going to be one of my favorite things about being able to travel to Tulsa this year is being able to watch him, you know, compete with, you know, that level of confidence he kind of boosted himself up to with not liking what it felt like uh, to finish the way he did at Big 12s and NCAA. So I'm excited to continue to watch him. I know we are very clearly a younger Bastida fan account here. So, um, yeah, no other things with Utah Valley coach said he's taken both Redding and Ramazan. Um, he said Ramazan has been doing really well with his weight and he's excited and he's looking good in the room. And I, I think Ramazan going one for one this weekend, maybe didn't help set him up apart enough the way coach wanted. So definitely we'll have to see who actually goes out. Um, so yeah, Utah Valley, 9 PM, 9 PM on the YouTube. So yes, on the you YouTube, be, you'll be able to watch it. If you're still awake at 9 PM and I'll be awake at 9 PM, but boy, that's late. <laughs> I know we kind of made it sound dramatic. Like we haven't recorded this podcast before into like 11 o'clock. <laughs> that's different, Jackie. That's different. That's fair. Well, <laughs> I don't know how, but it's different. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't think so. Uh, yeah. Like you said, that Oklahoma state and Oklahoma weekend is going to be a fun one. Iowa state is going to be favored in both of them, which I don't, maybe last year, Iowa state was a slight favorite against Oklahoma state. And obviously Iowa state won because they went uh, undefeated in big 12 duels last year. But yeah, that's going to be an interesting one because o Oklahoma state's they're having their fall from grace right now. Now maybe they get back to it at some point in the future. They probably do, but they are not the Oklahoma state team that we've been accustomed to over the last 40 years, <laughs> 50 years, 60 years, uh, pick your time frame. So yeah, that's going to be a fun one. Utah Valley. It should be a nice, easy, comfortable win. Yep. So I had same. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sitting here trying to think like, okay, what are my final thoughts? And I pulled up the cyclone fanatic boards. Cause you know, got to check in on all my pals in there. I did not know that NDSU was wrestling tonight and one sixty five match was spicy. Did you see that Ben? No, no, we've been on this podcast. Um, Shane Griffith has been upset. He just lost an hour ago, six to three against NDSU's one sixty five pounder, Michael Caliendo. Is that how you say? I don't I've never heard of him. <laughs> Neither have I, but he just upset number two, Shane Griffith. Wow. The man who single handedly saved Stanford wrestling. And who again, 165, David Carr, Shane yeah. Griffith is so, the one in front of David. Yeah. David will assuming David Carr doesn't have a similar thing happen to him against Utah Valley, knock on wood real quick. <laughs> um, David Carr will be ranked number two next week, which good for him. That's yeah. Wow. Breaking news on the pod tonight. <laughs> I guess not breaking news. It was an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. It's breaking enough. Uh, but that's, that sets up the Keegan O'Toole, Iowa state. Okay. Sorry. 
references. Um, Iowa State wrestles Missouri the last dual meet of the season, and Missouri Missouri's one sixty five pounder is Keegan O'Toole, the number one ranked wrestler at one sixty five, and that sets up a number one, number two, last dual meet of the season at one sixty five, and then you're going to get right into Big Twelves where O'Toole and David will probably meet again, and then you'll go right into NCAA's where. Hey, they could meet a third time in the span of a month. <laughs> so this this sets up a lot of fun possibilities both now and down the road. So um Shane Griffith isn't gonna go anywhere. Let's be clear about that. He's a national champion. He'll probably bounce back from this and be fine. But it is very, very notable. Shout out to NDSU on that. Yeah, no um, kidding. Anyways, we'll wrap it up now. I had to go on our random rant here we do but as always thanks for listening guys uh yeah we'll be we'll be back